Good morning. Today is Sunday, May 9th, 2021. There is a minhag, a custom, in Yerushalayim. At a funeral, near the end of the funeral, there is an announcement that is made, and the announcement is, don't leave the same way you came. Now, you should know that is a general custom many people have all over the world that when we travel to a funeral, we don't go home by the same route. But in Yerushalayim, it is specifically announced. Don't leave the same way you came. Rabbi Melech Biederman explains that there is a deeper meaning to this phrase than just choosing which road to drive down. It means, don't go back to the way you were. What happened? This loss, this tragedy that is the cause of going to the cemetery, it's got to change you. You can't be the same afterwards. Don't leave as the same person you were when you came. Now that the Shiva has ended for the 45 beautiful lives tragically lost at Meron on Lagba Omer, it is time for us to start to ask, how will we take another way forward? What must change for us? It's not my intention now to ascribe blame or to find fault, but to look for ways that we need to change, that we need to be different now after that tragedy than we were before. What happened in Meron on Lagba Omer is first a spiritual tragedy. People who were performing a mitzvah of celebrating Lagba Omer in purity and in holiness, this is an expression of tzaddik viralo, righteous people who suffer. And we have no answer to that question. And whoever tries to formulate an answer to that question on a spiritual level is wrong and is acting against the wisdom of our sages repeated over and over again. Our response to the spiritual tragedy is to say, Yiskadal v'yiskadash, God's name must be praised. We do not understand and we will not understand. And we have to look for ways to improve ourselves. That's the spiritual message. But anyone who stops there is also violating the wisdom of our sages and explicit mitzvos in the Torah. 
The Talmud teaches us in Masech Tanis that when there is a city that is afflicted by crumbling walls and collapsing buildings, it is necessary for all of the inhabitants of that city to proclaim a fast day and to cry out in prayer and to do teshuva, to do repentance. That's the spiritual response. But the Talmud continues. The Gemara says in Masechtatanis that Rav Huna, the great scholar Rabbi Huna, who is mentioned hundreds and hundreds of times in the Talmud, Rav Huna teaches that his practice was on every cloudy day, every day where it looked like there might be a storm that might threaten the stability of the already precarious walls of buildings in his towns, what he would do is he would drive around the city he would look for the places that were vulnerable, that might be damaged in the upcoming event. And he would order that those buildings be repaired. Or if they couldn't be repaired, taken down. And he would not only order it, he would see to it that it was done. Rav Huna did not wait for the terrible tragedy to happen and then call out to God and cry and do teshuva. Rav Huna acted proactively on a regular basis to ensure that these accidents, which are totally preventable, would not happen. Rav Huna is acting in accordance with the mitzvah in the Torah. The Torah tells us in the parsha of Kisevne when you build a house for yourself and you build a house that has a flat roof, you have to, you have to install a railing around the roof so that nobody falls off, God forbid. You are not allowed to bring about bloodshed in your home. When someone, God forbid, will fall from it. We are required to take preemptive action to make sure that our buildings are safe. This is a mitzvah in the Torah. It's a clear pasuk. And our sages in the Talmud go much further. They say, I'm quoting now the words of the commentary of Rabbi Shamshir Rafal Hirsch. This is a general legal warning against having anything dangerous to life in any place where we are responsible for it. And this is also an obligation for the local civil authorities to intervene, to have anything at all which might, which might be dangerous removed. Rav Hirsch's words are based on the halachic decisions, the psak halacha of the Rambam, as well as the Shulchan Aruch. The Rambam writes, this mitzvah of Makkah does not only apply to a home, 
does not only apply to a railing, it applies to any place that might cause a danger and cause a person to stumble and be killed, God forbid. Similarly, the Rambam writes, it is a positive mitzvah to remove any obstacle that could pose a danger to life and to be very careful concerning these matters. As the Torah says, Be exceedingly careful and guard your life. The Rambam writes, Our sages forbade many matters because they involve a threat to life. Whoever transgresses these guidelines saying, I will risk my life. What does this matter to others? Or, I'm not careful about these things. Such a person, the Rambam says, should be punished. The danger of precisely this kind of tragedy at Meron on Lagba Omer was well known. There were numerous official reports over the years and countless eyewitnesses reporting the dangerous overcrowding over the years, the lack of oversight, the lack of safety precautions. And there were previous accidents, not as fatal as this one, but with injuries, with deaths. This is all well known. And so we need to ask, where was Rav Huna? If we were in Israel and we could do something concrete about what I am about to say, I would mention the name of the person about whom I am going to speak. Since we live in Israel, since we live in most of us outside of Israel, it's not necessary for me to mention the name. It's easy to find out, but it's not necessary for me to be the person to mention the name. But there is one very powerful politician in Israel and his friend, by the way, the person who is actually in charge of what happens at Meron. It happens that I know who this person is said about this politician that in the days and weeks leading up to Lagba Omer, this politician fought like a lion to have the event go ahead despite health ministry warnings that it could be a coronavirus super spreader event. And this politician deserves credit for saving Lagba Omer. This was in an interview on Thursday, just hours before the fatalities. What he's referring to is that for weeks, the health authorities and other experts had been arguing to limit the number of people allowed at Meron this year to 10,000 people. And this politician 
like a lion, as he is quoted by his friend, argued with them and was persuasive and insisted that no, a hundred thousand should be allowed there. And this politician was praised and thanks for the efforts he has made in the face of various complications to enable the visit of many to Meron this year without any restrictions. Now, it's true. This is referring to saving Marone from COVID restrictions in light of public health warnings that it would be a super spreader event and Nebuch, we're only going to find out the results of that in another week or two. But as late as Thursday, Israeli public health officials announced, this is a quote, whoever goes to Meron needs to know he is taking his life into his hands and is likely to be exposed to those infected with the coronavirus that will roam the place unsupervised. And these two issues, COVID and the behavior of those at Meron, not the behavior of those, the behavior of those that made sure that a hundred thousand people could crowd in where it was known that it was unsafe. These two issues are related. Because listen to the rationale that this politician gave. Again, Thursday afternoon. Listen to what he said. He boasted on the radio about his achievement at being able to save Lagba Omer so that a hundred thousand people could gather. And he encouraged everyone to go to Meron. And he said, bad things don't happen to Jews on religious pilgrimage. He said one should trust in Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the, the Talmudic scholar who is buried there. In times of distress, if you go to Meron to celebrate Lagbomer, he said, nothing will happen to you. Just like he and others said and continue to say that we can disregard COVID restrictions to keep schools open when the government says they have to be closed to keep synagogues open beyond the capacity that the government allows or without masking and distancing in violation of regulations. We can ignore all that because the study of Torah is more important because prayer in a minion is more important and it will protect us. Nothing's going to happen to us. That statement and the thinking that goes behind it is fakrumt. It is against Torah wisdom. It is against the mitzvot of the Torah. It is against the requirements of the codes of Jewish law, the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law. And of all of the rabbis there, thousands of rabbis, where was one 
who acted like Rabbi Huna. And all the politicians who gave in to this view because of expediency in order to retain power for themselves. And not only was there no Rav Huna, there were anti-Rav Hunas. One former senior police officer told Yediot Akronot, one of the major dailies in Israel, if a safety engineer from the police in their last inspection of the site before the commemoration would have tried to shutter the area where the disaster happened, do you believe that decision would have been enforced? Not even the chief of police can do that. If someone tries, that's their last job in the police. And the problem is much wider. One writer in the Jewish Post accurately wrote the, the prevailing perspective among some politicians and even segments of the public is that any restrictions on a community's way of religious life is a form of discrimination or attempt to dictate how religious Jews lead their lives. We, see, we hear this here in Montreal. In Israel, due to the reality of coalition politics, this corrupted and dangerous view has an outsized ability to get its way. And the COVID crisis is a perfect example of this. During the crisis, it was largely the leadership, the rabbinic leadership of certain communities who determined that the communal need to persist with all the components of religious life, communal prayer, mass celebrations, uninterrupted educational frameworks in violation of health regulations, outweighed the dangers to the lives of their congregants and the wider public. This is a blatant violation of Torah laws and values. And it happened and is happening in Israel and around the world, including here in Montreal. So here are some lessons for how to go forward differently. Do not go to Meron on Lagba Omer. It is dangerous. You are warned. Unless there will actually be significant change so that it is under professional leadership with safety in mind, do not go. It is dangerous. Jewish law is clear. We are not allowed to attempt to perform a mitzvah except for, you know, the three mitzvahs, avodah idolatry, adultery, murder. We are not allowed to fulfill any mitzvah that is a threat to life. And especially, let me just point out, as I pointed out, Lag Baomer, it's a spiritual day, it's a holy day, it's not a halacha. 
It's not a Jewish law. It's a custom. We are not allowed to do something that is risky behavior. Not only Meron. Do not do anything that is a danger to life for any mitzvah. Again, except for those three exceptional cases that I mentioned. And it doesn't matter which rabbi tells you to do it or which social media tells you to do it. It's wrong. It's against the Torah. Do not vote for a politician or follow a Jewish leader, a rabbi or anyone else who tells you that safety laws don't apply when you're doing a mitzvah because the mitzvah will protect you, because learning Torah will protect you. Number one, all of those mitzvahs can be done in a safe manner. And number two, it is against the Torah to think that we can rely on miracles to save us just because we're performing a mitzvah, it is against the Torah. And if your rabbi tells you to do a mitzvah or a custom or any other act that is dangerous, find another rabbi because that one is not acting and speaking in accordance with the Torah. Finally, never forget that the Torah obligates us to take care of ourselves and those around us. After a tragedy happens, we can say, no, that's what God decided, it decreed, I don't even know what that means, when these are actions that are subject to human decisions. Maybe that provides some kind of comfort to people but it is never an excuse to knowingly allow a tragedy to happen. And that is what happened here. Every one of us is responsible for our own choices. Every one of us is responsible, according to the Torah, to take reasonable precautions to avoid putting ourselves in danger. It is incumbent upon us to leave those 45 funerals by a different route. We must do teshuva, repentance, individually and communally, to follow what the Torah says, to follow the mitzvahs of the Torah, and not to follow those who distort it no matter how pious they may seem, no matter how religious or authoritative they may appear to be, if they're distorting the Torah, we may not follow what they say. My heart breaks for the families of those 45 holy Jews who lost their lives. And for those many more who are injured. And for so much of the Jewish people who is traumatized and emotionally broken over what happened. We must leave this in a different route. Following a different path.
may we have the strength to do so. And may God bestow comfort and consolation on the Jewish people. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, a safe day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.